I need to know everything Who in the what and the where I need everything Trust me, I hear what you're saying But I like it's new what you're telling me I'm curious, George, I hop in the Porsche There's five and a horse, I'm ready for war I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost I need to know everything now you be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk, so I'm letting them talk. Hello and welcome to JK Plus One. I am your host, Jonathan Kinchin. I am not uh, that guy PTF with the uh, with the hat and the beard. He is just a, uh, a rambunctious man that you have to keep an eye on. It's been a while since we've talked, and, and man, this guy, he's been up to no good. He's been all over the place, attacking uh, local breweries all over Brooklyn. And uh, getting ready for uh, to do the same thing in Saratoga. So just be aware of that if you're uh, in these streets. Hey, it's been a long time, you know, uh, uh, it's like three months. And I'm not really sure why. I guess it's kind of one of the perks of having your own podcast network and, and, and having a podcast that uh, <laughs> no one really tells you what to do. Uh, look, uh, gearing up for Saratoga, obviously. And uh, taking a little bit of time, but uh, I'm going to try to try to stay active here leading up to Saratoga through Saratoga as much as possible, as, as much as is Druthers and Saratoga Lake and Lake George aren't calling my name on Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh, I'll try to throw something together. Uh, we've talked a little bit about trying to get Chad Brown. Definitely want to do an Angel Cordero. There's a, a rumor that we might actually get. Uh, the Piper, the Pipes, Chris Pipito, which which will definitely break the internet if we ever get that uh, that one accomplished. So, but uh, in the meantime, uh, what's going on? Uh, nothing. Got the Fox shows, America's Day at the races on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we're getting close. I think we're like we're in the twenties now, uh, away from Saratoga, and, and I can't wait. And, and I'm assuming that uh, most of you are the same. Uh, fun episode, an episode that has, has been a long time in the making. And, uh, it was, it's something that, that popped on my, on my mind and, and, and I wanted to make sure to get it out there. And, and it was, it was such a good idea and a good episode that it's kind of what brought me out of the three month retirement. <laughs> so you can thank our, our good friend, Kendrick Carmouche. I'm really excited. This is a fun episode, man. Like, um, this, this guy, uh, is, is kind of going through it right now with an injury and you, you can never really tell the, the spirits are high. The optimism is high. Uh, it's just impossible, impossible for your cheeks not to hurt after this episode from some laughs, but also just basically smiling all the way through listening to Kendrick tell stories and uh, talk a little bit about uh, his career and how he's gotten to the point he is now. And, uh, and that point he'll be right when he gets back from the ankle injury. So I will, uh, I will shut up and uh, I mean, I'm not going to fully shut up. I'm going to talk a little bit, but Kendrick's going to talk most. My friend, your friend, Kendrick Carmouche. Oh, just chilling, brother. Got my leg cocked up in the right position, trying to get back to healing and and and, and getting back on my horses that I love. I love that we. I, I just uh, we we were talking before we started recording, and and you had some music in the background. You said you were you were watching Parks today. Uh, the King of Parks can't can't leave Parks alone, huh? Nah, yeah, I, I just can't. You know that's why I, that's why I leave my brick and my cement down over there. You know so. You know, I, I just love watching them ride. I love seeing different riders come there, win different races. And I love watching my boy, Frankie Pennington. You know, that's my that's my people's, you know. I like to see my boy still kicking butt over there. That was uh, – I, I remember the first time I got to meet you, it was it was uh, 
I think it was even before I started doing the Fox shows and stuff, but it was all because of, of Marshall Graham, who, who <laughs> is, uh, you know, you're definitely the king of, of parks, but, but Marshall's got a little bit of, uh, got a little bit of, uh, of parks in him as well. How did you and Marshall meet? Was it just at parks and you riding for him? Yeah. You know, Marshall came along with a group of guys and, um, he came to Philadelphia park to, with Carlos Guerrero, wine, Carlos Guerrero, which he still have a lot of horses with today. Matter of fact, he won the first race, Marshall Graham, um, with Carlos Guerrero and, um, Marshall, me and him became very close friends. And, um, I met his other partner, which was Clay and, you know, me and Marshall just just been best friends ever since then. It's not about um, horses or anything. You know, we just grown to like each other, and we both done a lot for each other. We made it to the winter circle safe a lot of time, and um, made a lot of money along the way. So it's it's funny because the last time I I talked to you in in this fashion, I mean, I saw you obviously and, and talked to you outside of that, but it was uh, right before your 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 first Derby mount and. It's funny we talk about parks and and you being the king of parks and and then that translates into you riding your first derby mount on Bourbonic uh, a few months ago. How did that go? We we know how the finish happened, but how was the trip? How was the experience? And uh, in your first derby, ever um, I dream of being there one day and um, that that winning the Wood Memorial and. Ty keeping me on the horse, which is, he's a very stand-up guy, Hall of Fame trainer. With me making it there and seeing my mom and dad and my brothers and sisters show up to the dance with me, um, that just made me believe even more in myself and that I can even go to the next level in my game and just keep trying to add to it and keep trying to get back there every year. It's just, it's a feeling you can't, you, I, I, I can't really describe it, man. It, it just felt so, so, so eerie. Like, 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 it, it, it's just unbelievable, man. These, um, the fans, um, the people that just love jockeys and horse racing. It makes, it, it, it puts a smile on my face just because I was born and raised in this game. And um, I really wanted to get better and, and keep moving forward. Yeah, it's it's. I don't think I told you the story yet, but I was uh, I was at uh, I stayed in Lexington for Derby. I went for Oaks, but I just hung back in Lexington. It was a long day, Oaks Day, if you know what I'm saying. And so we decided to stay back on on Derby, and we went to this brewery that I love in Lexington called Mirror Twin Brewery, and and we were just hanging out, and and the guys that worked there knew that like I was a horse racing guy, and so if anyone had horse racing questions, he would kind of defer them to me, and you know I would try to help all I could. And, uh, these two brothers came up to me and, and they were like trying to get an account set up. You know, I was like, all right, well, here you go to Naira bets and get your account set up. And I said, you know, do you know what you guys want to bet? And they said, we want to bet on the black jockey. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you can't go wrong there. And so I, I helped them, uh, I helped them bet. Uh, I bet. I, I told them. I said, "You're probably better off betting a little bit to win and some to show as well." Yeah. You know. You, you know. Yes. You want to just in case. And uh, they had a blast. It was. It was. It, they, it was a sense of pride. I could tell for them. Um, you know, to be able to participate as people who lived in Kentucky, to be able to participate in their biggest race, but to kind of have a kind of have a home team root. And and I know that in our conversations, that's your biggest thing. You know, it's it's never really been a whole lot about race for you and a lot of the interviews I've heard you say, but just that you want to have the opportunity to inspire people. Yes. I mean, listen, it's not about race. It shouldn't be about race. Never. When you work hard to get where 
you're supposed to be in your career, you know. Um, it been a lot of ups and downs, man. I, 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 I struggled a lot of years, meaning mentally, you know, because this is a very mental game, riding horses and um, trying to get the best horse, um, trying to get um, owners to ride you, trainers to ride you. Um, and, you know, you go out there and work and you get, you, you get taken off some horses for other jockeys and you just don't know why, because, you know, you, 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 I feel like I can win on them just as much as he went on them, you know? So, um, it, it, it was a lot of ups and downs, but over the years, I, um, I, I grew a little older, got a little patienter, you know, um, I take things the way God sends them to me and I'm just very grateful for everything. You know, I got wonderful family wife and two kids. I mean, if it wouldn't be for them, I, I I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I believe it truthfully in my heart that, you know, they, they, they kept me together. They duct taped me pretty good. And obviously we'll talk a little bit about just like your background and, and Louisiana and, and your, and your father and brother being writers and all that stuff. But I want to focus a little bit more, at least to start on, on mm-hmm. kind of where you are now. What, what, you know, it, you were, how old were you when you went East? Were you, when you decided oh. to go? Well, I was 16 years old and um, I wrote a little bit in Louisiana, but my mom and dad always told me the biggest opportunity always going to be outside of Louisiana, where you're from. And, you know, I always kept that in my head, kept that in my head. I was a young guy. I was very quiet whenever I was younger. Um, So I really didn't know how to deal with people. I didn't understand so many personalities they had in the world. So I didn't deal with it at the beginning until I turned about 19. And, you know, I started thinking, sitting in, in my um, RV by myself, just thinking about some of the things my dad done over the years to make his, make his career good and make um, just get people to respect you more and, and, and understand that you want to become a winner with, with, with a team, you know, it's a team effort out there when you go around the racetrack, you know, um, it was just, it was really mind blowing to be 16 years old in Philadelphia. I turned 17 January 18 of 2001. And I never forget. I opened my RV and they had a foot of snow and I just couldn't believe it. I, I called my mom. I said, mom, I have to come home. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, I don't know how to drive in it. I don't, I, I mean, I don't have a shovel. I don't know. I don't, what should I do, mom? She said, <laughs> sit down, relax yourself, watch cartoons like you always do. And you're going to come up with it. And, you know, when she told me that, I just stuck with it and just, um, just, you know, kept, Kept with a positive mind, man. I always got a positive mind. I don't like, I'm not a negative person, man. You shouldn't be that way if you got life. Yeah, look, I, I, you know, I've, you know, we're all, we're all around uh, people who, who kind of do that raw, raw, you know, cheery, deary, you know, waiting for the next opportunity, happy, go lucky. (laughs) And and a lot of times I, I would say probably, at least for me, and maybe I'm cynical, but 80% of the time I'm like, yeah, whatever, you're full of it. But yeah. with you, from day one, the first day I ever met you to any other time I'd ever seen you, I have never seen you in a bad mood. You're always smiling ear to ear, happy to be alive. 
do you feel like that was something that you developed in that RV in Philadelphia? Was it something you developed in, in, in Vinton when you were, when you were, you know, following your dad around to the tracks? Like where, where do you feel like that, that trait was kind of built in you? I mean, you know, we, we, we was all young kids at one time, Jonathan, and we, and out and, and we was all, we was either hard head, soft ass, or just listen, listen all the time to your parents. And, you know, we thought what our parents was telling us was the truth, but we didn't go with it all the time. So, um, you know, I just sit down and I just thought about what my dad and, and, and what my mom put in my head and just just sit there and just thought about it over the years. And, you know, I'm just putting it to work at this point. You know, they they, they, they showed me the way. I just had to remember what they showed me and told me, man, your parents is never wrong. You know, they only want the best for you. They want to see you succeed in life because they want to sit in front of the TV and say, that's my son one day. Now you talk about the optimism and, and the, and, and just happy to be alive and, and to, <laughs> to be grateful for life. But, you know, you're in the middle of a little bit of a, of some adversity. Um, I actually thought about it. Uh, when that, that Saturday night after the Belmont, I went, uh, I went back to go, to go to dinner and someone had told me Kendrick broke his ankle. And I said, no, he didn't. I, I, I literally saw you on the path after the 12th before the 13th. And I, we, I hugged you before the 13th. I was like, he, yeah. I just saw him. He, he didn't break his ankle. And then I, <laughs> and then I, I, I dug a little deeper and I, and I found out about the accident on Kentucky Farrell before we talk a little bit about the surgery and the recovery, what happened that day? And did you know it when it happened? Did you know it was bad or, or was it, you know, was it not as bad as, as it might've seen what happened on that Mount on Kentucky Pharaoh? First of all, after you hugged me that day, I told you I was going to get the money in the last <laughs> because I really did think I could have win the race. I was the lonely speed in the race. And, um, I thought if I could have closed the card out, Hey, they would be talking about Kendrick Carmus just like, um, winning the Belmont stakes that day, you know? So, um, it was a freak accident. The horse, I had the horse was sitting perfect in the gate. It kind of leaned forward a little to break a little early because you know he wanted I wanted him in front and you know they had a guy in the gate that 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 you know when my horse leaned forward they popped him and then he held him a little too long and the horse hopped out of his hand and I felt and he popped me out the saddle and landed me next to him and soon when he stepped on me. Ah, I knew I broke my ankle, man. I, it, it, you could have feel it. I, I, when I stood up a little bit, I could have feel it rotating a little bit inside of my socket. And ah, man, it was just ah, it happens. It's part of the game. I love these horses. It's gonna happen, but you know, it, it happened at a tough time where you know I'm in the zone. I'm gonna come back in my zone because that's what type of person I am. But Man, I was really looking to have a fire Saratoga meet. You know, it, it, it's it's part of life. You know, you gotta get up and move on. You know, I, um, I'm not I'm not upset. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not mad. I'm um, I just want to ride a horse, man. <laughs> That's what it's about. You know, I want to shine. I want to get to the winter circle. I want to make it back safe every day. It's 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 tough. It's tough for and and you know. I, a lot of my fans, a lot of a lot, a lot of my friends, 
they was more upset than me being upset because they just know the way it was going for me, what it it could be. And I just told him it, it still could be that way. You just got to think positive. I'm, I'm happy. I'm in a good place, Jonathan. I, you know, um, I got a brand new ankle. <laughs> right, right. I got a brand was, new was ankle, it, man. Was that an ankle that ever caused you problems in the past, or was it? No, you know, I never had problems at all with 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 my body at all. Three years ago, I broke my femur. Um, Dr. Phil Krieger from Tennessee, he's such a good guy, man. He's, um, I take my hat off to him just like, um, I take my hat off to my wife because I know how much a wife do whenever we not, when, when, when a man is at his job and, and, and trying to provide for his family, you know, um, he's a, he's, he's, he's part of the circle. He's part of my family. When he heard I got hurt, Belmont Stakes Day, he bought me a ticket, me and my wife a ticket. To fly to Tennessee, get his book at um, JFK. That didn't go good because they kept delaying the plane. Then he got us tickets at LaGuardia the next day. We flew in. He had us a hotel. Went into surgery the next day. Hour and forty five minutes. He talked me through what he did while he was in there. He put a small plate in with three screws. He didn't like the way it looked, so he took the the small plate out and put a bigger plate. With with four screws instead of three because I had some torn. I I, I had a muscle that was a little um, irritated behind one of my bones, so you wanted to make sure they put a screw through that, so everything heal up proper and no irritation in there. So we at that point now. It's been two and a half weeks. I get my splint take off tomorrow, which my wife is gonna be Dr. Seuss for me. <laughs> she's gonna cut it off you know i'm holding my breath because you know you know i didn't my my wife is not a certified doctor but if anybody can work on me i know she can um what's the what's the road to recovery looking like are we gonna are we gonna are we gonna see you uh on that fishing boat in saratoga or oh, are we yes. gonna see you on a horse you're gonna see me in both you're gonna see there me in go. both you're going to see me in both because I'll be there probably the second week of um, Saratoga. We, um, I'm supposed to have a cookout for the um, Thoroughbred Horse Racing Foundation, Retired Foundation. You know, I love I, I love supporting the horses and um, the people that support the horses after they retire from racing. Um, I think that's a big part of our game, so I want to stick to – stick to that mission for, 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 for myself and my family, because I also get a couple horses off the racetrack that, um, that I think is neat and that I grown close to. So my wife takes them in and use, use them as her, um, because she teaches the university of Delaware college, um, equitation team. So, you know, it's, it's, it helps me. It helps the racetrack. It helps um, our environment to keep things, um, good. And um, it's just a love that that I have for these horses that I think I should do that. Now, and, and I think Kendrick is, you know, obviously we'll, we'll talk about this year for you. I think it's been obviously remarkable with the, the grade one wins, the Wood Memorial, the Derby, all that good stuff. Uh, the, the success you had at Aqueduct. You know, 
what I've noticed as I've gotten to know more people and more owners and trainers and stuff like that, it's, it's the year you had is huge in, in your success because trainers know and trainers like Todd Pletcher, they want to ride you and they'll, and they will ride you because they know that they you can take care of the business that they need. What I've learned and, and no offense to any of the owners that are listening. This is, these are my words, not Kendrick's. Uh, the problem is, is, is some of these owners who know enough to be dangerous, who feel like their horse only has a shot if they have IRAD. <laughs> and it's the most ridiculous way of thinking. And it drives me insane to say that by you winning a grade one, by you winning the Wood Memorial, by you starting in the Derby, by your success at Aqueduct, if, if that's what it takes for the, for, for some of these owners who know enough to get themselves in trouble to feel comfortable with a, with a trainer suggesting you, then so be it. That's why I'm, I'm happy that it's going to be a quick turnaround for you to get back going. So you can ride that momentum that you created for yourself. Yes, I totally agree. Um, you know, I never, I, I never knock jocks. I think jocks are in a position because who they are and they, they good riders. And, um, you know, we got the top jocks in the country in New York, but I look at myself as one of the top jocks in the country, you know. Um, the only the only thing that bothers me out of this whole racing game that I don't understand as a as a as a person, as a jockey, is that you know, I look at these other sports where you got basketball, football, baseball, right? So now you got a jockey that starts off as a apprentice jockey and he works his way around Eight different racetracks is in the top five or top ten at every racetrack he'd been to. He got he he moving his way up slowly but surely, slowly but surely. Now he he clinches eight titles out of ten titles in 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 Philadelphia. Now he moves to New York, which is gonna you move to Day House, so it's gonna take a little time to grow in Day House and put blinds on and put furniture in the house and. And all of that good stuff. But I look at it like this. If this jock went through all of these racetracks to get where he at, he deserved to have more, give him more of an opportunity. He proved that he can ride anywhere in the country with any jockey. He's he's proven. He should get just as a chance as I read or any other jockey in New York. That's the way I look at it. Does it go that way? No. But I think that's the way it should go. If you, if if, if you, if you, if it is, it's, it's like LeBron. They took LeBron right out of high school. They, they, you know, they knew what he was gonna do when he get to the NBA. You know, they got the smaller guys in the in 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 the smaller um how you call not nba the boys that's in the smaller league that they can go oh, to the, the the d league or the G yes league or whatever. yes yeah. you can pull one from those guys and bring him to the nba and give him a shot that's that's the way i'm looking at it but you know jonathan the people that stuck with me throughout my career from parts which i can say ty was part of it Bruce Levine, all my people in parks. Um, Chad Brown was a part of it for 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 a couple years. I mean, they pitch me. They still they still feed me a little. So you know, um, I don't have a closed mind about it. I don't have a closed eye about it. I don't. Um, 
I don't get upset if they do take me off a horse because I feel like that jockey better ride that horse better than me because he ain't going to get no run out of him like me. <laughs> right. That's that's the way I look at it. Yes, they might win with some of my horses, but I'm letting you know right now, Jonathan, nine times out of ten, they can't win on my horses. I make my horses win. It's a big difference when a jockey ride a racehorse. Like I ride ride 10, you're going to be 9 to 5 all day. What race did he win? That's what trainers and owners need to see. Not not the ones that you I can steer around there. Tell me what race you can go back and watch the head on and see this jog move left, move right, take back, move forward, win the race. That's what everyone need to look at to yeah. me. Yeah, and, and 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 I know you're not saying this, but just to be clear, like you know, and kudos to Irad. He's put himself oh. in a position where he's getting nine to five, and that's great. But Angel Cordero told me once that if there's ten races in a day, that seven of those winners, anyone in the room could have won on them. Anybody, anybody. And then there's three of them where the rider mattered. Yes, you agree with that? I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, That's- Jonathan, I, I got to, you know, I, I'm sitting here this winter, you know. Um, I got Trevor McCarthy in, 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 in the back side of my corner next to me. And I got my valet, which is a very knowledgeable guy when it comes to racehorses, trainers, you name it, he's on it. Um, Trevor McCarthy never wrote with me a lot. He was always in Maryland, Philadelphia, and all those places. So he came to New York one winter. You know, I really didn't get engaged with him. But this winter, he was a little bit closer to me in the jocks room. I'm sitting there. He talking to me. I said, listen, kid, I'm going to show you how to win some races, right? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Throughout the race, I'm going to show you how to ride a race. And this is what I'm going to do to win the race. I made him a believer. He... When I walked back to the jocks room, he said, Kendrick, how do you how, how do you vision that? How do you do that? I said, I make my race for me. I don't make my race for the other jockey. Plain and simple. I'm not going to go out there and kill you on the lead, but if I got to push you to go 22 and back up off you, where you can go a little bit faster, then I close in, I can beat you the last quarter of a mile. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a way how to think about it and how to do it, Trevor. He said, man, Kenner, he said, man, you just unbelievable. He said, I never, I, I never heard a jock can explain the race before and you ride it the same way and it wins. I said, if you got the vision, you can do it. Now there's this idea that I think is not, well, I mean, I think it's fair, but I think it's not fair. There's this idea that you're like a front end rider. I, I've, 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 I don't think that's true. I, I think that you are, you don't get in their way. If they're forward and they need to be forward for their best chance to win, they're uh, going to be there. Are they going to be on the lead, my brother? I'm just letting you know. Listen, Jonathan, out of anything I do, is the best thing to do is to break good. I don't, I don't, that's my best thing to do. If they break good, I'm going to make the other jockey think about taking back. It's, 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 it's what you're supposed to do. It's it's, right. the, it's 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 every man for itself. If I break on the lead and I'm supposed to be sitting third, and you got these other guys, they're gonna want to take back because they see you. Well, what's gonna happen then? Well, your horse never been on the lead before. You know what's gonna happen? They're gonna let me go easy. Hope that I come back. <laughs> yeah, 
You know, I, I you know, I ride from anywhere, Jonathan. I, I you know, I, I I tell you, I ride a horse. I rode a horse um, for James Ferrer, man. I, 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 um, Sanctuary City. He run the other day in the poker. I'm letting you. You made, you made me look smart on him too. Back, I picked him. Uh, man, Jonathan, <laughs> I'm telling you, Jonathan, look, this horse here. I can never get beat on this horse if they if 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 I ride him the same way every single time. Just don't get him stopped. You you don't have to get him stopped. Just swing him up. He's gonna win. Right then and there, you can tell if a jockey can sit last and a jockey can be on the lead. You know he can ride from anywhere in the in on the racetrack. Plain and simple. Now <laughs> this is a question I've 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 always wanted to ask the New York riders. Um <laughs> And because and, I make jokes about it all the time, and I and look, I, I try not to be critical of riders because I've never risked my life on a uh, on a eleven hundred pound animal going forty miles per hour, and I also realize that a lot of times when 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 you know analysts or betters complain, they're very contradictory in their in their complaints. Like they'll get mad if you go too fast, but then they'll also get mad if you didn't make the lead. You can't it, you just can't have it both ways. So I, I try to avoid it as much as I can, but. I will say this turf racing in New York, for whatever reason, the paces never materialize. Why is that? Why, why does that, ha- why is races where there's three speed horses? Do they go 25 in, in 49 to the half? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's kind of a cold for jockeys. Like, you know, if one jock make the lead breaks in front and another jockey break a step short and he's supposed to be on the lead. He's supposed to sit. He's not supposed to go tackle you and make you lose the race and him lose the race. You're better off breaking, sitting, maybe he win or you win. That's the way we figure it, right? But for me, on the grass, because they everybody want to take back, I like to let them go. I like to let them roll. I, my biggest thing on the grass is letting them roll. They, you know, I get beat sometimes, but I win, I win, I win more than I get beat. So you know, it's working for me, but, um, man, I don't know why, man, uh, Jonathan, I mean, these guys, these guys crawl the first quarter half and, you know, I'm not one of them guys. I like my horse to break and get into a good stride. I, I don't like to choke my horse because I feel like if I choke him, I'm get I'm letting the horses behind me get too close to me. So when I do let my horse go, they still can run me down because they within two or three lengths of me. Yes. You know, that that is what I'm thinking whenever I'm going around there. Now, if I feel like if I got a lot of horse and they within a length behind me, I like to let my horse open up probably about the five sixteen a little bit. Let my horse catch a breather before the quarter pull because if you can catch a breather before they hit you, your horse don't catch another breather until past the wire. That's my philosophy of it. Right. No, I mean, I, 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 that's exactly how I, I, I view it. And and that's because, you know, I call it inviting the closers into the race. You can't do that. Yeah. You cannot do that. No. Some horses have like, like, for instance, you, you talked about basketball earlier. We, we know what players have different strengths, right? Like LeBron yes. can always get to the rack and get fouled. KD can hit that jumper from anywhere. Steph will hit a three from half court. But if you, if you're playing with Steph, and you don't ever let him shoot threes, then you've taken away what it is he's so great at. 
Yes, it's a bit so, of, it'll be the same thing as as them taking the whip away from us. Well, which I want to talk about for sure. <laughs> and, and I just feel like that's I feel like when you when you have a speed horse and you go forty nine to the half, you've taken away that horse's three pointer. Yes. His three pointer is forty six and change. That's his three. Yes, <laughs> you you're totally correct. And you see that that is correct because like. If, if if you read the paper, see you also gotta know Jonathan. See these these the the betters and people don't realize they don't remember the day of the racetrack how the racetrack was favoring. You feel me? See, I yep. remember everything, Jonathan. I don't forget nothing whenever I ride my horses or when the track changes. You know, you gotta know when the track changes. You gotta know when it's good inside or bad outside. So if my horse go forty, if it if my horse went 22, 47, I mean 45 at Belmont, you know when you get to Aqueduct this winter, you can't go that fast. That track going to eat you up. The stretch going to eat you up. It's too long. So now you got to back it down to 23, 46, and 4. And you're you, you better you, going to go 112. It, it, it's, it's, it's a logic. You got to know your ovals. Belmont, you cannot move around the turn. You move around the turn, you're going to get beat every time, the last three, four jumps, every single time. You is it because the turns are so big? Or the what, turns why is are that? so big. The turns are so big. Um, I rode a horse a couple of weeks ago um, at the beginning of the meet for Rob Atris, Mike Dub, and um, Gofert Form, right? Chateau, you know. Chateau, that. Yeah, yes, of course. Right? In the winter... The track is 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 cold. Um, the track is a little bit quicker. The turns are tighter. The stretch is longer, though. Okay? But this horse wins his races around the turn. So if you can open up five around the turn, you can hold him to two lengths the last 16th of a mile. Well, that's how I went on him in Aqueduct. He came to Belmont. I tried to beat the grade one horse for... Um, Forensic Kelly, Fire. Yeah, for Kelly Breen. Try to open up. I can't open up around the turn. The turn too big. He not even you you can feel him. He not even he can't even adjust to it. That's what that's what betters and people don't know that we know. Right. And um I hope I explain it enough where they can understand it whenever they hear me talk, you know, is because it, well, well let me ask you so is it when you say that is it more about where the turn happens in the race or is it the fact that he actually likes running on the turn on his left lead, kind of leaning with the gravity of the turn? Like, Is it the, 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 the turn itself is or the is it turn just where itself. it is the turn right. itself? Belmont turns are big and sweeping aqueduct. You got like a little bank to it where when he hits it, he dives into it. Like, like it cuts you into it like a race car track. Belmont yep. is not like that. Belmont, when you hit it, it's just like a like like you're driving on the road. You just gotta yep. sit there. If you let your horse run in the turn at Belmont, you're in trouble, brother. You are in trouble. You're gonna get beat the last 16, unless you just are much the best. Now does Saratoga play a little bit more like Aqueduct in terms of being able yes. to move on the turn? Yes. And 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 I explained this to um Rob Atchers and um the owners, like, you know. If it was my horse, that's how I explain things where they can understand me because, you know, most jockeys are just going to tell you the horse ran good. Hey, thank you very much. I'll see you next time. No, I need you to explain. I need to explain this to you so I can make me a winner and 
You guys are winner. This y'all need to save this horse for Saratoga. This horse around the turns, he's gonna win his races, and he's gonna open up enough where they're gonna have to come catch him because they, the more horses chase a horse on the lead, the tighter they get. I'm just letting you know. That's the that that's my philosophy. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I'm a big believer in in you know in in getting them off the bridle early. The other horses. Yes, yes, because. If if they gotta engage you around the turn to catch up with you, they gotta go to sticking and driving, and 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 you sitting there, and you got you gotta know, you gotta hold your horse together as long as you can, because you know they coming, but just hold them together till the three sixteen pour. If you can hold them together till the three sixteen pour, and they two lengths behind you, he gonna give you another length and a half. That's it. That's all he can give you. But you better make it work from there. <laughs> Absolutely. um yeah that's the that's the part of the game i've always tried to understand better is those inner race dynamics that don't show up on the paper right right and that's what a lot of people don't understand you know and 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 for a lot for the betters out there jonathan new york is very tough to be sitting inside with these jocks because these jocks know where you're at they know what you're doing they're not gonna let you through you know, so you got to make your own passage. You got to make your own race for yourself. And you got to, you got to, you, you got to confuse them of what they think and what they can do to you. Right. It's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I can imagine the grass is, 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 is where that comes into play the most versus the dirt. Yes. Yes. And, um, you know, the grass races, you just got to sit, man. You just got to sit. I finally, Jonathan, um, what a lot of people don't know is that my favorite thing to do is ride the grass, man. I, I When I was at parks and riding Maryland and parks and Delaware, man, I, man, they could not beat me. I, I knew it, it, it was too easy for me to ride the grass. I had the horse. Don't get me wrong. I had the horse, but man, I win some races, Jonathan. It was just. I win them because of me just sitting on these horses, man. He's letting these horses run the last quarter of a mile and knowing how fast they're going in front of me. Now, you see, when it comes to New York, it's totally different, Jonathan, because the smaller tracks, everybody sent. Nobody know how. I'm not going to say nobody know how fast they're going, but they're not thinking that. They're thinking of just riding a race. They're not thinking yep. of how fast they're going and not feeling what they have underneath them. If the horse got another quarter or he got another eighth or should I sit a little bit longer or should I open up? You know, they, you know, New York is totally different because like those guys, they, they breaking, they tucking in, they falling in, they watch, they look around, see who, where they, where they, where, where everybody at, where they should be. It's the way it goes. Yeah. You know, it's funny because in one of the things I've, I've, started to kind of pay attention to, you know, when you're trying to figure out who you want to play back and things like that is when it comes to a lot of turf racing, obviously saving ground is very important, you know, and being able to save ground. But what I've realized, and I realized that the other day in the poker, and I'm assuming you watched to, to see how Sanctuary City ran, um, is that Irad got stuck inside with uh, Raging Bull, the, mm-hmm. the, the multiple grade one winner, and he was saving all that ground. And that was accomplished. Oleksandra with Joel never got stopped, got to move at the three-eighths pole while jo- <laughs> while, while Irad had to wait until the eighth pole to move. And so while he was saving all that ground, Raging Bull only got to run for a quarter of a mile 
while Oleksandra got to run for three eighths. So I look at it like a, like a gas tank at the end of the race. I would assume that, that raging bull had more in the tank, but never got to use it. That gas while Oleksandra got to empty her tank. Cause she ran from the three eighths. It does. What I'm, is what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yes, it makes plenty of sense, but, um, you know, um, put me on raging bull. Raging Bull never go inside to win a race. Okay. Um, Irad is the top jock in the country. Let me just go ahead and say that. He's my buddy. But when you're on the best horse and you know they're going that fast, you know they got to come back. So put yourself in the clear. Look at Sanctuary City. Jose had him blocked in from the from the half a mile pole. Why would I stay in there? I would ease my horse back, let Jose go, tip out like Joel did, and Sanctuary City got first run. Now now you got the, the Philly coming around Sanctuary City. Well, who got the best kick? We don't know because none of them. Um, Sanctuary never got a clear trip or Raging Bull. And Raging Bull always go outside to win the race because that's that's his running style. It's just... I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, Jonathan, I mean, I got an open mind whenever I'm out there. I know if they going that fast, I'm getting my, I'm getting my, I'm getting outside. I'm going outside. They're going to come back to you and you're right. going to get stopped. You're going to get stopped. Now you got to worry about getting your horse back together to re-engage and then you get beat ahead because why Joel got the momentum. How important is it to not get stopped? <sighs> is it more important in dirt racing than in turf racing, or do you do you have a preference? Oh, you can get stopped on the turf and still win, but you gotta get you gotta get stopped where you got your horse in your hand and you're not really like taking him out the hole, like they pinching you and you're gonna switch over and and he's gone. That's a turf horse. Dirt horses not gonna do. Dirt horses, you get stopped. You got to slowly gather them back together and let them get their rhythm again because the dirt is a little bit harder to, to re-engage them on. You know, it's it's a big difference. Um, turf horse is just going to – turf horses, you can get them stopping and still come back win the race. That's that's their thing, you know. Sometimes you stop them, they, they run even better. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, one horse, you, you, you didn't get stopped. Uh, and you, you're circling around there and your first grade one, when the cigar mile was true timber. Um, I, I gotta be honest. I was shocked. I, I was shocked that you hadn't won a grade one race before that. I thought for sure you had, you know, won at least a couple of grade one races, you know, just kind of spot playing here, showing up there, doing that, doing this. You won some big graded stakes races, uh, but I was shocked that that was your first grade one. Tell me about uh true timber and that cigar mile. Ah, true timber. My buddy, I, I rode him for Karen McLaughlin in, in, when, in his younger years when he was trying to get to the Kentucky Derby. And he was a cool horse then. I, I went like mm, one, two. I went three races on him. I broke his maiden. I think I went the other then on him or two other then. And, um, Both. The, cool, one other, the, one, the one other and the two other. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, I went four races on him, right? And, um. He was he was a little kind of honorary horse when Mr. Karen had him and you know um when I got on him for Jack Stitson, I said, Wow, this horse is um 
you know, he's not, he's not grabbing the bit like he used to and wanting to take off with you. And he was nice and relaxed. I said, wow, this is different. And, you know, I woke up that morning, I prayed, man, let it rain, let it rain. I just wanted it to rain because, um, I know Suge had the favorite, but Suge Horse running on the sloppy seal track. He had a lot of time in between his races. I'm sure Suge didn't want the track to be that, that, that way. And, um, it proved to that day that he really didn't like it. And, you know, Jack Sisson texted me that night and that morning. He said, Kendrick, what you thinking? I said, don't worry about nothing. I got you, my brother. We're going to win this race. And it was just my day, Jonathan. I swear, man. I, I mean, the sun, the sun was shining on me. I felt it. I believed it. I executed it. It went just the way I planned it, and, you know, it was victorious, man. I mean, um, it's such a good feeling, man. I'm glad that I got the grade one underneath my belt because if I give you a story, I had an owner take me off a horse four or five years ago. I don't want to say who. Um, it, really, it really hurt me, but they took me off a grade one Hall of Fame rider, which – I'm okay with if you take me off of that person, you know, um, the horse ended up winning. I went three stakes on it before and the trainer, the owner said, well, you know, I bought into this Philly Kendrick, not a grade one rider. I want Johnny V. That was the toughest seed I took in 21 years of my career and I swallowed it. And I still today is just, you know, um, I, I cherish this this grade one win even more since I got it. You know, like I didn't know you had to be a grade one rider to ride a grade one race. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it, it it's one of those deals. You know, kind of what we talked about earlier. And and like I said, no offense to that owner. No, no offense. Know, but that, that's what he wanted. But that's you know, and and. And then there's part of me that understands that logic, right? It's like, yes, you know, these, they yes. put a lot of money into these situations. They got, da, 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 da. we see when, and, and we see it all the time where, where rides can make the difference. Yes. And they want to feel like they have, um, they can they win. They, the they gonna, they're going to win and lose with that, with that, with that choice. But I, you know, I, I think the difference is that you had kind of proven yourself with the horse already. Were, yes. Were you initially, yes. were you, was that, was it anger, hurt? What what stages were was that whole situation for you? Well, you're in Saratoga, you know. You you is the is the epitome of our game. I mean, hey man, I, I just win a great two on a and beat one of the best Phillies, Michelle Nevin had, or and and then Chad Barter, Jose was riding her, but I beat I I rode such a beautiful race. On that Philly to win the grade two opening week in Saratoga to get taken off the third or the fourth week to run in the grade one and and she wins the grade one. I mean, it was a hard thing to swallow, man. It was a hard thing to swallow. My wife, my wife just told me, Kendra, just stick, stay with your head up and um, just keep it pushing. Uh, and you know, it took about it took about a week, two weeks to get to get to this to get um my mind around it. And after that, I just let it go. I win my three stakes on her. I made a lot of money. That's the way I look at it. I win my three races. I made money. The owner choose to do something else. The the people that bought in on her. Hey, that's fine with me. 
Kendrick, at what point uh, from the from from you know from the from Vinton to uh, to the to the RV to winning on True Timber? It, wh- where do you feel like it was a real turning point in your career? Like where did it really kind of click for you and you realized, okay, I- I'm going to be a high level rider for a long time in, in this game. I think whenever I left Parks in 2002 and and, and I went to Charlestown Racetrack, I had just lost the bug. I, you know, I was still a little, I was, I was still immature as a man and um, as a jockey. And I had met this wonderful woman named Whitney. And, you know, she'd been my wife since then. And we, you know, she, she just helped me through a lot. And being in Charlestown, making me Charlestown, they had some very good riders when I went there. They had Travis Dunkelberger, which I thought the world of because I thought he could have ride anywhere in the country. He was that smart, you know. Larry Reynolds, all these guys. They had a lot of old jockeys. And, you know, um, they taught me a lot of things. You know, you either in or out on the bull ring. It's really hard to study the poles on a on a on a on a bull ring. It's not like a mile track. You got to know when to move, even though the stretch is short. And they just uh, um, those guys made me very aggressive, you know. And and I I got really good at the gates in West Virginia whenever I was there. I mean, it all just built up to where I'm at now, and I think that's that's what that's what got me where I'm at today in my career is Charlestown, West Virginia. I really truly believe that in, um, in my heart, you know, um, after four or five years of me being there, I had the leading trainer call me to come ride one of the biggest races that, that, that goes on in Charlestown. Um, the West Virginia, the, the, the Derby, I think it's the, um, what's the big race there for 750 for older horses. Oh, the Charlestown Classic? Charlestown Classic. I win the first Charlestown Classic researcher. Um, he called me, say, Kendrick, I know you're not in Philly no more, but you're still shipping to Charlestown and ride. Do you want to come ride? I said, yes, sir. I, I come ride your horse in the big race. Biggest race I ever rode, Jonathan. I said, well, I know what Jeff going to, Jeff Ronco, that's his name. He said, Kendrick, the only thing I want you to do is just stay on the rail. Do not come off the rail. And I was riding with Johnny Velasquez, David Flores. Now, this is a whole culture shock for me because I never, you know, I never been around those guys yet. That was the first time I ever rode with any of those big guys. And um, when I win that race, I knew I could have been a good jockey. I really did think if I stayed on the straight path, I could have been, a, I could, I, I could be where I'm at today. And and um, I still have a lot of people that 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 love me there, and I love them, and um, they know what I'm speaking is the truth. How was that your was that your kind of your first time riding the bull ring, or did you have some experience? I guess Delta's Delta's kind of a bull ring, isn't it? Ah, uh, nah, brother, that ain't no bull ring for me. That that's like <laughs> a that's like a mile track to me, Jonathan. To be honest, I mean. <laughs> A bull ring is Charlestown, Timonium, you know, um, you know, Charlestown. I never forget. I was in Philadelphia. They had a trainer named Mark Fusco and Jack Armstrong was the owner. They had a horse that they got from from Golden Gate in high pursuit. I never forget the horse name. They say, Kendrick, you from Louisiana. Come on, man. Jump in the car. We're going to go run this horse in Charlestown four and a half. 
you're gonna ride this horse. Now I'm 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 still at parks with the bug. I man, you sure? I never I never wrote no bull ring. He said, You not wrote a bull ring? He said, Well, first for everything, Kenny, you Cajun, you can do it. I said, Yeah, I'm sure I can, man. Let's go. This horse went like four or five races. It just goes to show you, you know, maybe they was leading me in the right direction to to better my career, you know. And 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 I take my hats off to those guys because they 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 was a big part of my career too, you know. They got me started at a lot of places, winning races, and you know, just wild and wonderful West Virginia, baby. <laughs> they, they 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 say they say once you drink the water, you can't leave that. But I drank so much water, and I knew what my mission was. My mission was always to get back to a mile track to do what I do best. And um, as you can see, Jonathan, we getting it now, brother. We getting it full speed ahead. Well, we're going to, we're going to definitely get to, uh, to, to Louisiana and, 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 and media, they call us a tease. We're, we're going to talk about the fog story. Yeah. 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 But we're yeah, going yeah. to save that one. I, I wanted to, to give you an opportunity, Kendrick, with, with everything that's going on. And you had mentioned it earlier, uh, everything going on at Monmouth um, about the crop. And, and, and a lot of the conversations, my personal opinion is, uh, two things. One, I've never risked my life on top of a four-legged animal. So I, I, I defer to the experts when it comes to what's necessary and not necessary. Um, the so second, hold thing, on, can I pause you? Who's yep. the, who's the experts in this situation? Oh, without a doubt. It's, it's to me, it's you guys. Okay, go ahead. You can finish. <laughs> the, the other thing is, um, uh, as an animal animal lover, I am a believer in the modern crop uh, being a a uh, a significantly more comfortable situation than yes. the old. Yes. And the third thing I'll say is that um, I also am aware that we, as a sport, have to do better for public perception. Um, because at the end of the day, the, the public is, can cause us problems and can be problematic for us. Like they have in other industries that we, we see it with, with, uh, some of the changes they've made in, 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 in hockey and, and, yeah. and obviously the, the, the brain stuff that they're focusing on in right. the NFL. And, and so I'm aware of that. I totally agree. I do feel that you, Johnny and the rest of the riders, Mike Smith and, and, and all of the, the guys need to be at the table to be a part of the conversation. So that's my stance on it, but I'll let you roll and, and talk a little bit about that whole situation. Well, first of all, I want to say I'm 37 years old. I was born in Louisiana. I was born on a horse, under a horse, or on top of a horse, okay? Um, I love animals. I love our sport. We changed the whip three different times in the last 10 years, 15 years to make it to this point where we wouldn't have to not use our whips, okay? We got cushion poppers. Um, I feel like whoever they invited to the table don't want horse racing at all, meaning and speaking of Peter, I have to say it. Um, I totally disagree with taking the whips away from the jockeys because they never rode a horse. They don't know the the risks that we 
have on top of the horse without a whip. As you can see in Mama, they going every which way they can go because the ain't no jock can tap a horse or can control the horse to make him go the right way. Okay. Now, for me, I know whenever I'm winning, oh, I got a horse running and a horse is moving from the whip. You, That don't mean apply more, but stay with the same rhythm that you're giving it and you can win the race. Now, when it comes to beating on a horse and you're not getting a placing, find them, suspend them. I totally agree. We already got that in place in New York. And um, it all comes from California, this stuff. I hate to say it, but all of this comes from California. Horses breaking down. It wasn't from the whip the horses was breaking down. It was from the racetrack the horses was breaking down. So to kill our business in the betters, which the betters not going to bet the jockeys or the racetracks if they don't see the jockeys putting their full ability because they, they want to see their money spend correctly. I understand that. We do have rules in New York where we can't hit a certain amount of time in a row. We got to re-engage our horse and ride him a little bit to see a difference. Then we got to switch stick or do something different. Um, I think this going to hurt our racing game. I think it need to be all start at the top. We're in New York racing. It need to go from the biggest racing on down. It shouldn't go from the smallest tracks on up. No such thing. It's supposed to always start at the top. We unified at the top and we go from there. Each track, each track should be unified the same way the top track, because if, 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 if the top track not getting unified, why are all of you guys changing rules and changing stuff? That means they letting Peter control what they do. Same as California. I think it's, I think it's going to hurt our game. I think, I think, yeah, change. Yeah. Okay. Y'all do see change, but, um, the first person that get hurt from this, they're going to sue the racetrack because why everybody else not doing it? You feel me, Jonathan? How how unsafe would you feel, Kendrick, going out there without, without a... Without oh, man. A I don't feel safe at all. I bring my stick in the morning and I don't use it because I don't use my whip in the morning. You know? I'll, I bring my stick in the morning just to make sure if he wheels with me, I correct him. Or if he try to duck from underneath me, I tap him. He gets back underneath me. Or if he gets out around the turn, I tap him with my right hand whip. He goes in. Horse lugs in. You switch your stick. You go left. You hit him on the shoulder. You hit him on the butt. If that's not working, stop hitting him. Grab him and hold him. It's very simple. If you, we the only ones that can feel when a horse is shifting or doing something wrong. The public can see it sometime, but nine times out of 10, y'all don't get the full touch and view of what we feeling. So it just, it, it breaks my heart that, 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 you know, people think we're abusing horses. We're not abusing horses. It's part of the sport that we, we, we engage the horse to run faster, not abuse the horse, but you know, 
Nobody gonna keep hitting a horse if he's running fast. We're only gonna hit him if 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 we trying to get to the next horse to beat him. You know, um, I really do. It's like basketball. If you go tell Steph Curry, you're not gonna shoot a three no more. You're only gonna shoot a layup. He's not gonna be good anymore. Nobody gonna want him on the team. They want him on the team because he's he's well rounded. He can do anything to win the game. What about LeBron James? LeBron James is is everybody want to be around, be on his team because he gonna make the team better. He gonna show them how to do things in the game to win the win the win the game. It's this, they taking things from our sport that they shouldn't be taking from our sport. They should start right. cleaning the sport out first. Yeah, my my biggest like issue I think is that you know I, I think one thing we have to be careful of as an industry is that we don't. We don't make changes to appease people that are never going to be appeased, right? Hey, like that. Truthfully, truthfully, that's that, that's that's the biggest way to. That's the only way to say it. The honest way to say it. What you just said, John. Yeah, you know, and, and look, I, like I said, you know, I, and I think we all agree that we have to con- we have to change with the times. We cannot be archaic and 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 dig our heels in the sand and say we're not going to change because th- that could set us up for a bigger problem later. Yes, yes, but and, I and, do and, think. And in 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 and even though we changed Jonathan, even though we changed the poppers the last we changed the, the poppers the last ten years in our industry to something really soft where it wouldn't affect the horse or cut the horse or anything, they still want to take it away. So like you just said, it's people that, that that's sitting at the table that don't belong at the table. Do you do you find the new the new crop, the the pop the new popper, do you find it to be as effective or do you think that like even that you guys do you feel like you lost a little bit when you made the switch or was it just was it perfect that it just worked out just fine no nah, i think the, the the popper that we switched to um they got they got a lot of them out there but the stewards come through the jocks room check our whips every every two to three weeks make sure we don't have the wrong poppers going out there and hitting the horses that's a rule they come all the time and check them, and um, I don't think it, it from from the old whips to this whips is a is is twenty lengths different, Jonathan. These whips here, you don't have to hit them that much. Horses, horses, if you put them in the right spot, they're gonna respond, and you're gonna win races. That's the whole thing, you know. Um, it just it's it's a tough situation, but. They, 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 they going about it the wrong way. They really are. Are you, uh, are you fearful that this is a, a spreading, uh, idea idea, or do you feel like this is kind of, it's kind of contained at the moment or, or is the, is the, is the guild and, and the rest of the riders, are you concerned that this is a spreading kind of idea that they could, could pour into other racetracks? Um, I really do think it's going to spread. Uh, um, I really wouldn't want it to spread because it's part of our industry. You know, I mean, it's for our safety to be exact, you know, <laughs> that's safety is more important than anything. They, you know, the people they put on the, put at the table, they not worry about our safety. They worry about they, the horse safety too. It's the horse and the jock safety. They 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 just looking at the perception of it. They they're not looking at the horse or the jockey safety. I mean, 
I didn't see so many horses jump the fence in the last couple of years and 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 just do odd things. It wasn't because of the whip. It wasn't because of nothing. It's just because the horse figured he should jump the fence. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, when I first started being around horses, uh, a guy at a farm told me that that uh, they basically spend twenty four hours a day trying to kill themselves. Uh, that they're just very rambunctious and unsafe animals when it comes to uh, what they're doing. Like they they just, they don't, they don't take a lot of caution in their actions when they're out in the field or, you know, they'll just run in some of the stories yeah. of how horses get injured is some of the most bizarre stuff you'll ever hear. And I, and I, I guess I, you know, I guess we don't really apply that. I, I've always thought the stick thing was more of a rider safety, but I, I, I forget now that it's, it is, if a horse goes right, or left into a fence, uh, that's problematic. And if you can can kind of redirect them, that that does involve their safety as well. Yes, yes, it's the horse safety, the jog safety, and um, it's just it's a it's a tough situation, Jonathan. Like it, it um, I can't believe they 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 allowed that at Mama Park. You, as you can see, look, the handle didn't drop. Everything didn't drop at Mama Park. I mean, I watched a two-year-old raise that a dead mama. It was scary. I, I wouldn't even want to sit on a two-year-old at, at Mama to say go around the track because they don't know nothing. Anything can happen when you leave the gate because you don't have a you, – you can't do nothing with your whip. Or you get fined 500 or you get fined 1000 or you get suspended seven days. It's, it's, a, it's a no-win situation for horse and jockey and owner and trainer. Well, to, to, to wrap that, that portion of it up, um, you know, I guess we can kind of go full circle here. The first time you probably picked up a riding crop, I'd, I'd imagine it was, uh, before you picked up a pencil, I'm guessing. Well, yeah, yeah. And you know what, Jonathan, you know what, Jonathan, I picked up a whip before I pick up a pencil, but my dad never let me have a whip in my hand the first two years of my career. Like, like as I was getting started, like galloping and learning how to control the horse, you know? I think I think that's a big part of it as well. You know, you 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 has my dad taught me how to control the horse and 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 and, and deal with the horse first instead of just um abusing the horse. And they right. do and they do have people out there that do that and that's the people that should be um fine, should be put off the track. You know, it can be used as a weapon or a tool. Now, um, for those that don't know, your your father, your brother, all riders. Um, but you've I've heard you say before that your 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 dad didn't really directly teach you a bunch of lessons. He encouraged you to 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 pay attention and to see what he was doing and to be around uh, the game. How much truth is there to that? Oh man, I tell you, uh, my dad is a very quiet guy. You would have to um, say something to him to make him speak, you know? So that, that, that has a lot to do with it. And my dad just told me just, he never taught me much. 
he just told me, just pay attention and listen. And he said, what you're going to gather out of all of that is, is what you're going to take out of it. You know, what's good and what's bad out of it. And, um, that's all I ever done all my life. And, and, um, you know, I made mistakes. We all make mistakes. We, we human. Uh, I'm not perfect at all. You know, even though I have a smile on my face every day, blah, 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 and all of that, it can be some days I'm down, but you'll never know because I smile all the time. And that's that, 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 that beats the, that beats the wave of being negative. Now, I, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, we, you know, I, I always think it's cool that, you know, that Irad and Jose get to ride together. And I think that's interesting and, and <laughs> fun, but um, when you started your career, you got to ride. Did you ride with your brother and your dad, or just? No, your dad? I just rode with my dad, man. It was really fun riding with my dad, man. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> he's sitting across the corner looking at me, and I'm sitting across the corner looking at him, and I can't read nothing. My dad putting up and laying down. And I'm saying, man, he's gonna beat me this race. He got me one day. I never forget. I just laughed my butt off. We're coming around the old Evangeline, and um, I'm sitting third, and I see my dad pull up in the hole at the 3-8 pole, and I say, oh, I got you. You're not going to come out of there. He never said nothing, Jonathan. He never looked at me. I never saw him glance through his goggles, nothing. He just sit in that pocket, sit in that pocket. And I say, all right, let me move before this jockey come off the rail. Before I could have moved, what you think happened? He come off the rail. My dad went in the race. I finished third. He said, son, I thought you said you got me. I said, I thought I had you. <laughs> I thought I had you. Oh, man. Then the funniest thing, Jonathan, I, I, you know, a lot of people don't know this story, but this was kind of spooky for me whenever I went my first race. You know, I wrote, I wrote from uh, my mom was my agent, me and my dad agent. So my dad had a, my dad had two horses in a race. He had the um, favorite for Keep Bourgeois, and he had the second favorite for my first cousin, um, Shelton Zeno. So my dad said, "I put um, Toto on." My nickname is Toto, like the little dog on Wizard of Oz. That's what that's my nickname, you know. Mm-hmm. Put him on, put him on um, Erlen Aaron. I said, "Okay, I ride Erlen Aaron for my cousin." So my dad rode Keep Bourgeois horse and. Going into the first turn, my dad horse um took a bad step. He had to pull him up, and oh man, I was nervous because I was behind him. And he say, um, "Just go to the rail. Just stay on the rail. Don't worry about it. You're gonna win the race. You're gonna win the race." And I'm, I say, "All right, let me tuck in. It's a it's a ten horse field. Let me tuck in. I tuck in, sitting there getting a little dirt, pulling goggles. I say, man, the rail is opening up the whole way. This is weird." So then I get to the five sixteen part. My my buddy is on the lead that we grew up with, um, Logan Cormier. I never forget it. I holler at him, "Yo, open up the rail! I got a lot of horse." He said, "Don't you move! I'm open up in a minute." <laughs> I said, "What?" Sure enough, we get to the eight pole. We open up. I went by like four or five lengths. You should have saw the picture. It was undescribable. All the people in the winter circle is all my first and second cousins, man. <laughs> It was just like, it was unbelievable. Then my dad come hug me where they could have do, put water and paint me and everything. I said, dad, I can't believe you holding me right now. He said, son, it happened to me. It's going to happen to you. (laughs) Oh, my mom, my mom, my mom never came to the races too much, Jonathan. She too nervous. She only want to see the last quarter of a mile of the race. (laughs) 
<laughs> she want to see. She want to see me break in the last quarter of a mile. The rest of it, she can't watch me. She said it's just I get too nervous. I, I, I you know, I done it too long, <laughs> Kendrick. I said, okay, mom, it's okay, it's okay. How how was uh, how was she as an agent? How was that? How oh, was my that mom, mom? oh my mom was a hustler, man. Jonathan, my mom could have go talk to anybody, man. She you know. Her and my dad was a good team. They done very good. She she hustled. She went to every barn. She made me work. I mean, I was getting on 10, 15 horses every morning as a bug rider, you know, just, you know, working, man, working, not riding the best horses, but I was getting lucky. I was winning races. Then um, she sent me to Texas. I went to Sam Houston and um, I had an agent named R.J. Parker. We done really good at tech um, in Sam Houston and. After Sam Houston, Jack Service got a hold of me. Um, a guy named Randy Allen. He's a trainer at Philadelphia Park. He know he he know my parents, and he said, "I think this would be a good opportunity for your son. You think he would come?" He said, um, "Here's his number." Jack Service called me. Within a week, he was picking me up at the airport. I saw a picture. Um, from back in the day, uh, of, of your dad with a bunch of fellow jockeys and there was like eight guys in the picture and they were all black. I, I, I is, what was the history like for, for black riders in Louisiana? I, I guess I, I thought it was a bunch of Cajuns and I didn't know there was that many black riders there. And, and, and was it hard for your dad? I mean, I know what you've, you've said you haven't experienced a lot of things in terms of it being a hindrance in your career, but how was it for your father? You know, obviously, growing up in a in a in a time that's, you know, we still have a lot of work to do, but but a, a less progressive time, as it were, uh, when he was riding. Um, you know, Jonathan, he really, um, he really never spoke about it or said anything about it because my dad always done good, but I'm sure, um, being in a Louisiana, he probably encountered it. Um, and, and, and in Louisiana, Jonathan, I'm letting you know, everybody ride a horse, my brother. If you ain't rode a horse in Louisiana, something is wrong. So that's why you probably see more Creole jockeys there and black jockeys there because, I mean, everybody got a horse. Everybody know how to ride. Is if they keep their weight down and, you know, it's just a different, it's a different time now. Everybody built different. It's not the same, you know? So, um, my dad, my dad, my dad never mentioned it. He just kept, pu- kept it pushing, man. My dad done good in his career on the, on the, on the real race tracks, but the real thrill was the bush tracks. He, he, he was the bush track king. <laughs> so that, that kind of leads me to, to the, the, the legend that I'm, I'm so excited to be able to have, have you tell the story. Cause I'm sure you got all the, all the good details, but <laughs> there is, uh, the, the story um, where I'll just kind of set it up where essentially, uh, it was extremely foggy one day and, uh, and, uh, we, we've heard Trevor Denman make that call. looks like the horse jumped in at the quarter pole and, and it, it so happens that that was the case that day <laughs> that the horse did basically jump in at the quarter pole. Tell me a little bit about that infamous fog story. Mm. Well, I can tell you, I was about four or five years old, probably Probably, yeah, about four or five years old. I was pretty understanding by then. Um, my dad, my dad told me earlier that day. He he said he was sitting down, and he was just sitting down there thinking and thinking, and 
it was a horse with one of his friends and he just said, you know what? I just felt like doing it. You know, I felt like, you know, he, he, the horse was like 99 to one. He said, nobody going to know. It got real foggy. And he said, he just sit in the fall. He said, he let him go around. And by the time they got to the quarter pole, which the quarter pole is right there in the turn. So nobody can say he went by 20 lengths. It's, 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 it's really bullshit, you know? Because the quarter pole is right in the turn, in the second turn, and the gap is right there by the quarter pole. So he said, soon he heard him coming around the turn. He said, I just let my horse open up, an open gallop. And then um, he said, he said, he's, he said, you know, now whenever I think about it, he said, man, Kendrick, he said, it probably was the craziest thing I ever done in my life. He said, you know, you know, you can't take things back that you do, but you know, that was, that was wrong. But he said, he said, he said, when he got his license back, he said, he went back on the track and sit right there by the quarter pole again and just laughed to himself and just started galloping the horse around the racetrack. He galloped a mile and a half. He said, man, I, I really can't believe I've done that. <laughs> did but, he, did he instantly get, did it, was it like instantly caught or did it take no, some time? Or? No, it happened the same night because they had two jockeys that knew he'd done it because they saw it. Because nobody could have seen Jonathan, the the parking lot, the whole you couldn't even see the racetrack. They had the people in the grandstand, the in the parking lot, cut their lights on. You know when you cut your lights on, you can't see nothing. Yeah, it's even worse. <laughs> so how could they know he went by fifteen five lens or two lens? The only person know is my dad. So my dad said, my dad said two jockeys ratted him out. They gave the guys this money, that money, the FBI. I never forget. I'm sitting at the house. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a young boy. All of us sitting in the house. Somebody knock at the door. Guys say FBI, open up. I say, oh my gosh, what is going on? And the guy sit, the two guys sit at the table, and they say, Sylvester Carmuch, um, did you know what you did? He said, yes, sir. He said, well, you're gonna have to be penalized for it. My dad said, well, here you can have the license. Take it. My daddy handed him the license, cut it up for him. But a couple months later, we moved back to where my dad's parents at in Brobridge, Louisiana. And life was life was good after that, man. I mean, being on the bush track was amazing. I mean, it was way better than going to the regular tracks because they wasn't the money was wasn't good. I mean, my dad, my dad, when he got to the bush track, everyone, ever, everybody knew him. He grew up with everybody and where, where we was, you know. So, I mean, my dad went ten fertility races in a row on the bush track, quarter horse and thoroughbreds, and that's all riding for people all over the world that just never could have get licensed, like being in, like, like, like they have bad paper, but they always had good racehorses. They they went to the bush tracks. My dad was the bush strike king. After that, here I go. He, <laughs> he he threw me in. Once he threw me in, he said, "Well, I can retire after um after a while and just watch you because it's just it's amazing to see me in you." I see, yes sir, yes sir. 
Did you ever ride the bush tracks? I wrote one time, man. I'd never do it again, Jonathan. That That is some scary stuff, brother. I'm letting you know. You got to have a set of cojones to go ride with those guys. <laughs> I mean, you're looking next to you, and the guy next to you ain't got no boots on. He riding bare feet in a jockey saddle. And the one next to him, he ain't got no helmet on, no teeth. And I'm like, oh, dad, really? He was like, yeah, you're going to be all right, man. I said, you sure I'm going to be all right? Yeah. Come on, let's go. I warmed, I, I backed the horse up to the to the gate. We went. Five furlongs. I backed the horse up to the gate. I never broke out the gate before, Jonathan. I'm like 14. I'm like four, not even 14. I'm probably like 12, 13. So he said, this is what you do, blah, blah, blah. You set one hand here. You set one hand here. The guy that was pulling the gate was um, like my stepdad, Mr. Terry. And my dad got in the gate to hold me like a gate guy. So he said, you just do this, do this. You're going to be okay. I said, okay. Man, Jonathan, when we left the gates, it was a full horse field. When they left there, I broke in top. Then by the time we got to the turn, they squeezed me. I said, oh, my gosh. I'm screaming, and none of them hurt me. (laughs) I get back. I get off the horse. My legs are shaking. I'm not nowhere close to being fit to ride any horse, Jonathan. I've just been riding Shetland ponies, just little small ponies. Man, when I got off that horse, my knees buckled. I said, Dad, I think I might need you to help me get to the truck. <laughs> he said, you're tired. I said, no, I'm, I'm not I, I, I'm, I'm tired, not even the word. I mean, I can't help myself right now. Just give me a water and something to eat because I'm not doing too good. I'm so weak. My mom didn't go. She said, I can't go watch my baby boy ride at no bush track. <laughs> she stayed home. Make sure she got the phone call whenever we was done. Because, you know, we all had house phones back then. It still wasn't cell phones. <laughs> oh. My dad called, your son is all right. He made it through. He said, you don't want to do it again. I said, no, nah, I'm not doing it again. Don't send me out there. I'm good. I'm good. But um, then, you know what I really like, Jonathan, that nobody nobody knows? Man, I love quarter horses, man. I robbed me a damn quarter horse now, Jonathan. Have you have you ever ridden one in a real race? No, I never ridden one in a real race, but I rode some match races in Texas whenever the boys come off the bush tracks. Like they come get their horses ready at the big tracks to run on the um bush tracks. And I rode some I rode some full horse match races in the morning, man. I tell you, that's some fun stuff, man. That's what I that's how I learned how to break out the gate. That's what my dad taught me on first. Not thoroughbreds. Thoroughbreds too slow. They don't teach you how to break. They teach you how to do everything wrong. <laughs> That's, oh, that's what my dad used to tell me. He said, break on the quarters. Just don't hold them too tight. And they used to leave there. But it's just the rush. It's the rush. So my um, my dad asked me the other day. He said, man, my buddy got a good quarter horse that went three in a row. If he wants you to come ride a million dollar race, I said, sign me up. I'll be there. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> sign me up. I, I I would love to do it, you know. I got a little cousin named Jared Jernet. He's in um, Mountaineer. He's my second cousin. I saw him went on a quarter horse the other day. I said, boy, you got it in your blood too, huh? He said, yeah, cuz, I can do it all. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I got a couple of quick ones we'll wrap up with, and and, and I'll save you for another time, Kendra. We got to have you on again. I'm, people are going to love this episode. Um, The first one was, is, you know, there's a lot of riders that I watch that, that pay attention when there's a bias and uh, there's a lot that don't pay attention. You are one that pays attention to when there is a bias. 
do you can you do you feel it when you're out there that it's different parts of the racetrack are better or is it is it a is it a watching the races and and seeing you know kind of horses either underachieve or overachieve on certain parts of the racetrack? Um, it's, um, you can see it when you go on the track if you if you know what a racetrack supposed to look like and the color of it each day over over the period of time. You know, um, it's like Belmont when we start back at Belmont. The track usually fast all the time because nobody been running on it. It been sealed all winter. So when they open it, if you ever watch the times on horses, when they work at Belmont, the first couple of weeks, they all work 46, 59. Right then and there, you know what you have to do. You got to break sharp and go, you know. And a lot of times when you look at the racetrack, if you see the inside, a lighter color than the outside, you got to go around because that means the inside is loose and dry. A horse not going to um, grab it as good. So you got to go a little bit further out so the horse grab the more consistent dirt where it won't break from underneath him. That's beautiful. And parts, um, parks is very difficult. Parks what really got me very tuned in because parks is very difficult. As you, as betters out there, they should know that's the, I mean, that's the go around track over there, which is true to extent. I used to come. I used to come through the rail all the time over there because it all depends how the tractors bank the racetracks. Yeah, you and know? I'd imagine people would leave it open if it, if it has the has the uh, you know the reputation of being a wide track. I'm yes, sure. yes, and um, you know you just got to pay attention, Jonathan. It's all hey, it's you know my wife told me fifteen years ago, seventeen years ago, she told me Kendra. I know you love what you do, but you need to treat it more like a job than a hobby. And I'm like, I start thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. I said, man, I think she might be right. You know, so then I just started like just pouring my whole brain into it, you know, just seeing every little bit of it. You also got to have the horse when these tracks are playing these different type of um buys when you got to be on the rail or you got to be on the lead or you got to be four wide or you know you got to have the horse to do all of that that you know that's another thing betters gotta um and people out there gotta understand fans you know when you see a jock doing something like that he trying to get to where the best part of the track at and if he don't have the best horse it's gonna make it look like if he's not doing the correct thing <laughs> right right you know, so you get caught up sometimes, you know. Uh, um, I, I never forget two winters ago, I rode a horse for, for Chris Englehart, man. I knew I messed it up too, man. I, I I was the favorite. I'm three wide. She lugged in a little. And I said, God dang it, Kendrick, you should have switched the stick instead of hitting right-handed. I get beat a nose. I could have keep the guy out, and I could have win by a nose, you know. It was just, you know. I'm the first one to come back to the trainer and tell the trainer, yo, I messed up, man. I'm sorry. Can I get a shot next time? Sure, Kendrick. Thanks for telling me. That's the way it works. That's the way I work. Not every jockey going to come back and do that. Right. Right. A lot of them, I'm sure, will will, will blame the horse or somebody yeah, else. Or- yeah, I'm not blaming nobody. I don't blame nobody, man. That guy... He paid me to ride his horse and tell him the truth. If you don't like the truth, I'm sorry. He's going to take me off one way or another. 
Well, the the last thing I wanted to ask you is 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 what's the what's what's rehab looking like? So you're gonna get the the splint cut off tomorrow, and then when he, I mean, I'm sure you'll you'll start hitting it basically immediately after that. I would I'd imagine, right? Yeah, um, I get my splint taken off tomorrow. I got um, my wife, Doctor Witt, taking out my um, taking off my splint and my stitches, and we're supposed to get X-rays um, probably at the end of the week. And then a little bit of therapy, depending on what my x-rays look like and what my doctor say after I take the stitches out. But the swelling went all down. Um, The only thing that bothers me a little is the stitches because my splint is rubbing on it and it's just discomfort, you know. But I would say... In, in 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 good time, I would love to be back at the inner Saratoga. And if I'm not back by then, I will be there opening week in Belmont. And then I also noticed you got a you got a new social media. Uh you working with a group Moonshot? Yeah, Moonshot Sports. It's a new um group that just came out, young guys that came out of college they they um best friends with 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 my little brother from philadelphia and they all grew up together so you know i want to give them a shot to get in the sport and and kind of expand our sport with 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 with, um with nike um reebok you know try we I'm, i'm trying to open up a new door for for our industry for us jockeys because you know Finding sponsors at these big races is so hard to find sponsors that don't conflict with the racetrack or if somebody catering at the track. So, you know, I went with these guys and they some young guys, they hungry and they want to they, they want to push to 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 get more business. And, um, you know, I gave them a shot. We're going to we're going to work with it. I told them they got they got my undivided attention. I'm 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 the guy that that they need on the team where we can push forward with this moonshot sports. We're gonna get it there too. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. That's I remember we talked off air about a about a sponsorship opportunity. You kept running into obstacles uh, leading up to the derby for mm-hmm. for uh, your your derby in Oaks Mounts, and so. Uh, I love it. Yeah, that you know, that, that, I, I I can't imagine uh, racetracks blocking Nike. <laughs> yes, you know uh, uh, that's that, and you know what? It's, it's 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 it can it can only better us in our game and get people to understand our sport better. And maybe we wouldn't have these obstacles that we're going through right now in our in 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 the racehorse game. You know, they might they might be a brighter light on it. You know, so that's the way I'm thinking. And you know, and 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 I do have I have two kids. You know, I I have a family that that I want to show. Um, the right way how to go about things, and maybe it can push them to do something like this. You know, it's it's life, man. It's life. You can't beat it. Well, Kendrick, we're we're rooting like hell for you for a healthy recovery, and we're we're looking forward to. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you in Saratoga, whether it's out on that boat uh, or it's uh it's it's on the track as as soon as you can get back there healthy. And, uh, and, and you're a, you're an inspiration. I know that's important to you. You, you inspire yes. a lot of people just to, just to have a better attitude. You know, I mean, yes, like you said, if you're, if you're breathing, you, you need to be, you need to be grateful for that. You, you and, need to uh, be grateful, very grateful. You and, know, uh, 
you're you're an easy guy to root for and 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 i can assure you we'll be rooting like hell for you thank you very much and um you know if there's one thing i can say um before i get off of air um i just i just really hope people find peace in their heart and mind and um just love man just love man you yeah i mean we all live once. We all we, we 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 all we all live to die, but we all here for a good reason. Put that in your mind and you're gonna be successful in life. You know, we all here for a good reason. God bless us with life. Let's keep it pushing. Let's love and 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 and, and spread it, please. Kendrick Carmouche, everybody. You're smiling, aren't you? Cheeks are a little bit sore. It's hard, uh, hard not to smile after listening to that guy talk for uh, for over an hour, and and to uh, to to hear the enthusiasm and the optimism uh, that he brings to this game and into his life. Uh, you know, I need to have him on speed dial. Just I'm having a bad day. I'm gonna just call Kendrick and talk to him for a little while. Um, ton of fun. Uh, it's fun to hear the fog story firsthand. Uh, great just to hear about uh, Kendrick's career. You know, obviously. I've gotten to, to see Kendrick a lot more with my extended time in New York, uh, and and it's it's been a pleasure to get to know him and and to watch him ride every day and and, and I love it when he wins and we get a post race interview with with Acacia or, or Maggie or, or or Mig even and it's uh, it's always a lot of fun and uh, and I'm glad to be back and, and like I said I'm gonna I'm gonna try to stay consistent here through uh, through the summer until things start to get a little bit hairy but uh, we will. We will keep trying to, to, to deliver. In the meantime, though, I want to thank everybody else on the network. Tons of stuff going on. Uh, PTF, of course. Love you, buddy. Uh, the Matt Bernier Show, Matty Ice. Redboard Rewind with Spencer. He recently had his 100th episode. Really proud of Spencer and what he's, uh, what he's accomplished. Nick Luck Daily. Uh, talk Racing to Me uh, with Naomi. Uh, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney. The Owner's Box. With Billy and Michelle. Michelle was nice to me last night on the Canterbury uh, broadcast on, on Fox. And we're doing a, a live stream today um, with our friends at Medallion Racing uh, talking about this, the, the pick six Stephen Foster night. Hopefully she will be uh, will be nice to me that night as well. Um, speaking of Stephen Foster night, uh, pick six mandatory payout. I believe on Saturday at Churchill, uh, all stakes as well. Uh, the owner's box, Michelle and Billy. I said that off track with Maggie Wolf and Dale and exact the box. ITM plus the newsletter, Twitter, the Fox show. I'm probably forgetting something. I'm glad to be back. I miss you guys. I hope you guys enjoy the episode and we will see you soon. I need to know everything, who and the what and the where, I need everything Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but act like it's new what you're telling me I'm curious, George, I hop in the Porsche, there's five and a horse, I'm ready for war I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost, I need to know everything Now you be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk, so I'm letting them talk Gotta keep quiet, maneuver in signs to let them and talk up their body another